Stonecutters Podcast, Aaron Hankins. Will Catlett, what's up, what's up, what's up? It's been too long. <laughs> In the building, Will. Yo. We're not going to talk about how long it's been since we last spoke. Instead, uh-huh. instead, we'll just talk about what you've been up to. What's new with you? Man, uh, what's new with me, Aaron, the reason why we haven't spoke because I wouldn't get no sleep for nine months because I had just had a, a baby girl. You know, and I appreciate you giving me this time off on the Stonecutters podcast so that, you know, I can go be a father, which I'm doing an amazing job, I must say, based on the father, expecting father book that you sent me, which I appreciate, my good brother. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. You know? What's your, what's, tell, tell, tell us about your daughter, man. Share. Man, um... She's just beautiful, man. You know, um, a lot of guys say that your crack, your crack, you're not your crack, but your heart cracks open when uh, you have a child, when you see somebody that looks like you. It took me a minute to um, that to happen for me, you know, but now that she's like crawling and she's standing up and she's so long for like her, her age of nine months. And it's something about, when the child just lays in the crevices of your neck, right between your neck and your shoulder. <laughs> oh man, it just melts your heart. You know, you just you just feel invincible, man. You know, like having a baby, being married. It's like, oh, I can't lose, you know? And then when I go home, you know, I can debunk from work and just pick up my child, you know, doing, you know, going places with her. And, you know, you've been through this phase. Uh, so... It's just a it's just a beautiful thing. Do you do you think about your daughter while you're at work? You know what's crazy, Aaron, is I don't. It's like when I go to work, I don't even think about my wife. I don't think about my daughter. Like it doesn't cross my mind until um I kinda sit down and then I'd be like, Oh, I need to call home and check in on the family. That's when they come to mind. But I don't know if it's because it's new. Or it's just the way my mind works, the way I just kind of lock in on what I'm doing. I would probably say it's because your mind is locked in because I'm pretty much the same way. Like when I leave in the morning, I say bye. And then it's like when I get on the train to go to work, I'm, I, I'm you know, I'm in another zone. And when I get mm-hmm. to work, every once in a while, I have like a picture up at my desk. I'll look at the picture at my desk or at the end of the day, uh, I'll get an email from the daycare and they'll send pictures of my daughter so i'll like look at that but for the most part i'm pretty pretty much focused on work when i'm at work wow wow yeah man yeah but shoot you know christmas just passed you know we in the new year you know uh that was dope to do my baby's first christmas she don't really remember nothing about it probably but you know it's cool dressing her up or whatnot how was it for you it was fun my daughter is three so uh, my wife and my daughter, they went over to the mall and they saw Santa and she asked Santa for a gift and we got her that gift. So that's really rewarding for me because just growing up and asking for things and maybe not being able to get them or, you know, my mom couldn't afford getting them. So it's just like for my daughter and it was something really cheap. So that was good for me. So it was just like... 
but then the, just to see the smile on our face and to be able to be able to capture the moment and like have the video and I can look mm-hmm. at the video and she's like, Oh, Santa got this for me and being super excited about it. Like that was, I'm not a, a, a Christmas person. So to see that, that was really happy and really rewarding. Mm. Let's let's unpack that. Why are you not a Christmas person? Uh, I think it was probably because my birthday is so close to Christmas and I just, I don't think that I got the best of both worlds. I think that because my birthday was so close to Christmas that people would sort of lump the two together. And I was, I don't know if I was resentful of my birthday being where it was or Christmas being right there. But as I got older, I just didn't, I would work on Christmas because I would get, Mm -hmm. if I was working somewhere that was like a retail or fast food or something, I would get paid more money on Christmas. So like in my in my teenage years, I, I st- when I started working, I just like Christmas just was like another holiday for me where I could just make money. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think um, my wife and my daughter have really brought out like the like I can enjoy Christmas a little bit like a little more now, and I have like a little bit of that Christmas spirit. You know, you go to the right the street that has all the lights on it, and we listen to Christmas music and I go and buy the Christmas tree, like the things that dads do, you know, fathers go and buy the tree. Did you buy a tree or did you, uh, do you have like an artificial tree? No, you know what happened? My home girl came to stay with us for a month and she's like a Christmas freak. So she had all her Christmas stuff in storage. So she just brought a Christmas tree out of the storage, but we had to kind of Jimmy rig it. Because it didn't have like the bottom piece to hold it up, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we kind of uh, leaned it up against the wall, but then you know put like a brick on the side of it to kind of make it straight, and then the hope and pray that my daughter wouldn't pull the tree down. So we she would get to the tree, and we'd be like, I, I. you know, it's funny though, Aaron, like um, how babies they respond to tone. And my tone, if it's like, I. I She'd be like, she'd get a sad face, like knowing that, okay, I'm not supposed to touch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. But yeah, that's how we end up getting the Christmas tree or we wouldn't have had one. Now, have you ever celebrated Kwanzaa? Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't even know what Kwanzaa is, good brother. <laughs> say that like, again, say that again, Will. I know my black card is gone. Ain't Kwanzaa for the black folk. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It uh, is. Yeah. Because I, I know people say Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, you know, but I never really, you know, investigated Kwanzaa. Okay. You know, so I I couldn't tell you nothing about Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is an annual celebration of African-American culture held from December 26th to January 1, culminating culminating in gift-giving and a feast of faith called Karamu Ya Imani. It was created by Maulana Karenga and first Uh celebrated in 1966. Kwanzaa has spread outside of the U.S. and has become more commercialized while the observance of the holiday has waned. Oh, no. This is from Wikipedia. Just a real quick one. There. Oh, okay. December yeah, yeah. So, tw- so, right so, after Christmas. <laughs> so it's right after Christmas. 
Yeah, till January 1st. Okay, so you're supposed to give gifts for how many days? Uh, one, two, three, four, seven days. Seven days? Seven days. You said seven. Seven days. And each seven days. Day. Now I'm going to oh, yeah, have to start practicing Kwanzaa then. You know, I'm going to have to tell Cash, look, hey, man, you got you to give me a present for every day. I need seven presents after Christmas. Have a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what did you get for Christmas? Um uh, I got my baby, man. That was my Christmas present. Come on. Yo, sometimes you give me the like the cheesiest answer, like the canned I, response. <laughs> nah, like, man. Like the media I, answer. You give me the media answer, man. I know. That's that's what I got. I mean, my wife ain't give me no gift, and I ain't give my <laughs> wife no gift. I didn't give her no gift neither. Because, you know, we're in the process of trying to, you know, get a house. So, um, she don't really get down with Christmas like that, like that. It's not a thing for her. It's not, it's no holidays for her, for real, for real. But um, we didn't really do too much, man. We just had each other and had a family. That was the Christmas. That's the honest truth. Okay, I wish I had. okay. I can respect that answer. <laughs> I got that, but I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't get anything. Okay. Maybe maybe my wife should do better. Uh, I got a pair of slippers. You did? Yeah, okay, like cool. like maybe tw- they were like some twenty dollar, like I don't know, twenty or thirty dollars. I I'm, but they're great, man. I love them. They're like dad slippers. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, just like you sort of house slippers. Like, good. It's a good solid gift. It gets it gets high utilization. In terms of gifts, you know, some gifts don't get utilized. Dad slippers get highly utilized. You got the ones with the thong? They go between the toes, or no, no, no. no. It's like the cro- what do they call cro- croaker sacks? The oh, okay. The they're like the man. What do I? They're, they're, they're like slippers, not slippers. They're like moccasins. They're, I got you. They look like moccasins, and they got fur on the inside. Furry, furry on the feet. Look at you, fancy. Yes. <laughs> what else you been up yeah. to? Man, um, right now I'm in Atlanta, finishing up uh, a TV show called Black Lightning, and which just got renewed for season four. You know, that's why I said we need a bail. We need a bail. We need a bail on our show. We gotta get a bail or something. You know, and I'm, that's gonna be the bail right now. But yeah. <laughs> It just got renewed for season four. Uh, season four, man. I just been focused, man. You know, I got a movie coming out. Um, what? No, no. The people don't know that, man. Tell, t- t- talk about it. Okay, so Charm City King shot this movie in Baltimore with me, Meek Mills, Jahi, Tiana Paris, and uh, we're opening up world premiere at Sundance, twenty twenty. <laughs> it's already getting started. You know, and um, I'm believing this movie going to go to number one. Dope movie. Shout out to Baltimore. Baltimore Shore, Mad Love. You know, we shot at some some, some parts of Baltimore that it'd be like, whoa. But, you know, good people in Baltimore. And it's going to give that authentic story and that authentic feel to the movie. I'm excited, man, because I've been... We talk about... The reason that makes this Stonecutter podcast so dope, Aaron, is because we share the journey as we're going through it. That's what separates our podcast and everybody else's podcast. And just to tell you a quick story, I was going to Sundance years ago. I've been twice. No movie, just hustling, out in the snow, 
cold, meeting people, getting business cards. You know, people ask me what you do, but they don't really return your call because you're not popping in the media's eyes at that present point in time. When was but this? What, what year was this? this? This was 2014 I went. In 2015 I went. I remember. I remember. You remember? Yeah, because me and my boy James Bland, shout out to James Bland, creator of Giants, and, you know, on his way to mogul status. You know, we was there and we took a picture and it was uh, it was a red background. It may have been 2013, 2014. I think that was the date, actually. But, you know, we was like, man, one day, one day, man, one day we're going to have a film here. And now we got a film here. Even though he didn't direct it, but he's a part of it because I'm there. But we're going to come back at some point with a film there that he directed and I'm starring in, you know, or vice versa. We're going to make it happen. So... What's the what's the deal with Sundance? Why is it why is it important? Why did you go there in the past? Because Sundance is like, you know, Tribeca, the Toronto Film Festival, Cannes. It's like where all your independent films um, that are film new films that are coming out in the market, short films. It's like you get that Sundance stamp. Nine times out of ten, you are gonna get distribution. Once you get distribution. You know, you can go to Netflix, go to the, uh, you know, go to the movie theaters or however it's going to go. But it's just a big deal. It's fun, man. It's just a cool time. People skiing, a lot of parties. And the Hollywood mask is off. So you got executives that will come and let loose because they're not in the the dogfight of Hollywood. They're in somewhere different. They're more approachable. You know, it's a lot of opportunity. And it's just a great experience. Man. That sounds amazing. It's amazing, bro. It's amazing. It's like, that's a big win. You know, I'm talking about coming from Alexandria, Virginia, Aaron, you know, <laughs> playing ball in college, not even thinking about acting, and now I got a film at Sundance? Oh, God is good. <laughs> you know, this is what we talk about. You know, this is what we, we, we've been talking about. Like, even all last year when we first started the podcast, we wanted to check out traveling. We wanted to show people how to get there and to give people inspiration and motivation and, and faith and all those things. And now they can see the result of us making it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the result for you is that your film is premiering at Sundance in a couple mm-hmm. in a couple weeks in January. In a couple weeks. But yep. but this is the thing. The journey happened, and we never really talked about it. So you went to Sundance. You went there with one of your colleagues for another mm-hmm. for another project. You went there to network. But this particular movie, how did you land your role in this movie? Well, this one actually, man, um, it was a uh, bittersweet uh, because my oldest sister had passed. So I was going home back to Virginia to bury my sister. And the audition came in and it's from Overbook, which is Will Smith and Jada Pickett's company. And so the audition came in and I read it and I was like, okay, I'll work on it when I got time. So I wasn't really that focused on it because I was burying my sister. So I read it a little bit. And then I went to go to my boy, who's another actor named Rick, 
out in L.A. And I said, okay, when I get back, I'm going to put it on tape because I wasn't there to go in to the audition. So now, remind, now mind you, I hadn't really learned all the lines yet. I know it, but I don't know it, know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get to Rich joint, and usually I'm in his place, and I'm out within like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. He has somewhere to go. So we're doing the first scene. I get that down. But now I got this whole monologue. So I'm like, all right. I'm kind of stumbling in it a little bit, you know, and the time is going up. So we almost at 45 minutes. I'm kind of stumbling it. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, man, I need something. I need something. It's like I need a battery or something, you know. And I, uh, not that it wasn't that I was thinking about I needed a battery, but he had a battery on his counter. And I said, okay, I got it. I'm going to come into the scene tossing this battery while I'm talking. That's going to help me remember my lines because I like to, you know, I got to be in the moment. It has to be real for me. Okay. So, boom, we do it. We do it. We're doing the battery thing. And, um, you know, bam, we was like, yeah, we got it. That's the tape. That's the tape. So we sent it over. And come to find out, uh, Jada picked his brother, Caleb, Showed the tape to Will Smith, and Will was like, "Yo, that's your guy. That's that's Officer Rivers right there. I got the role." Awesome. <laughs> how, how? So Will Will Smith gave me the stamp of approval. We can't just you know just walk over that. <laughs> Big Willie style gave me the stamp of approval. Good brother. Is Will gonna be at Sundance? I don't know if Will's gonna be at Sundance. You know, I know Will's gonna be at Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will is definitely gonna be at Sundance. But you know what, man? How things come full circle, Aaron, is that um, I remember when I was working for Mark Burnett Productions, the show Survivor, and I was going to the Whole Foods in Brentwood, and Will Smith was premiering uh, his movie. I think this was The Pursuit of Happiness. I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but he was walking across the street, and I was like, Will, and he dapped me up. <laughs> gave me the gave me the brother hug and went on into his premiere and then for him to give me that stamp of approval to do Tom City Kings it's like wow man he was giving me the stamp when I couldn't even see it when I was dapping him up on the streets you know what I mean mm -hmm. so what's something that that people can take away from that because it's still it's like you've you got this amazing opportunity and maybe mm -hmm. maybe will subconsciously remembered your face and remembered seeing you, and there was a familiarity when he saw you on tape. So, did you when you were when you were walking to the Whole Foods, you yell at him, "Hey, Will!" Or you ran over to him, or, or like you you had to you had to shout something. You had to sort of be, you had to do something. Yeah, extra. I just said, yeah, no, I just said, "Will," and I was standing on the curb. I didn't walk up, so he was coming my way anyway, <laughs> and he just dabbed me up, and boom, boom, boom. But I think what people can take away from it is that. I'm not saying subconsciously that was years ago that he remembered me, mm -hmm. but the thing is that you never know how it's going to work out for you, but you got to believe that in the things that you cannot see, there's things being worked out perfectly for you that you couldn't even plan. So just because, where you're at right now and how it looks and how it may seem does not determine where you will be in the future. So remember when you would send me those texts, Will, I'm seeing into the future. I'm seeing into the future. Yes. Why were you sending me those texts? 
what were you seeing? Hmm. I was seeing my desk where I sit, the window that I look out of right now, the 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 things that I was like that I work with now, I was seeing them back then. I was seeing them in my dreams and I was like I was visualizing all of these things that are happening now. Wow. So you was visualizing it. But where were you where, where were you at in the actual time? What job were you at? Where were you at? What city? I was what in time? What? I was in LA. I was probably either working at a three D printer company or I might have been working for the fastener company making aerospace fasteners but i i was just thinking about sneakers and i was thinking about nike and i was just like daydreaming and just kind of putting things out there and just but then i would sleep or i would doze off for a little bit or i would daydream and i would just catch these visions of these windows with these trees and and i would just mm-hmm. be, i would be walking down a hallway and there would be a a, a long set of, of windows and there would be trees and I didn't understand what? it. And now that's like all this. That's what I see at work all the time. Like it's just there's in front of every window, there's a tree. That's Portland. That's Oregon. You know, but it was. Yeah, I can't. There's I, I don't know if I can explain it. Wow. Wow. You was you know, you were seeing what, what was already existing. And yeah. you was building what you was getting ready to go. Yeah. In your mind. You know, but you was already so you so technically you was already at that desk. You was already in Portland. You know, you was already doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing. And I think sometimes when bills and life and all that gets in the way, it makes those visions more cloudy because you're what do they call it? Um, what do they call it when you can't see far in glasses? Is it nearsighted? I thought it was farsighted. I think if you're far sighted, okay, you can't see things close. You're far sighted, like you sight. Your right. I th- okay. Far. I, th- I thought it was near sighted. I mean, I can't. I see things far, but I can't see things close. And if I'm far sighted, I can see things. I can see things far, but I can't see things close up. But either way it go, you were seeing which it was in front of you. So you 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 were block. You were, you were so well. We people be so blocked for what's in front of them at the moment that they can't see far what it will be in the future. So me dapping Will Smith up, you know, now that it comes full circle, like, wow, who knew that I would be working with Overbook, a company that he started from a handshake that happened almost 10 years ago. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought about this. I remember watching a lot of videos on YouTube and there may have been a video that profiled Nike's campus or their headquarters or they might have went into somebody's office. And that might be where I get this vision from, where everything first started from. I was just thinking mm-hmm. about that. I just I had to I had to say something about that. So Word. Okay, I think we caught up. We talked about dad stuff, talked about movies. So, will the the movie's going to be at Sundance, and then after Sundance, does it go to another film festival, or does it get picked up for distribution? Like, are people going to be able to go see it in the movies this year, or will it come out maybe next year, twenty twenty one? Nah, twenty twenty April tenth will be at a theater near you. Wow, April tenth, twenty twenty. That's amazing. Twenty twenty. Popping off, you know, 2020. 
<laughs> so, Will, what Yo. else? What else do you want to talk about? Well, um, we had our time, man. We had thirty minutes, brother. We have four minutes and forty-five seconds left. Oh, oh, okay. Well, my clock. I thought we was at our time. You know, we practice in time management come twenty twenty. Okay. So that we do. You know. Okay. So, um, what's up with you, brother? I mean, last time we chat, you know, you was uh, you was doing the therapy thing. How's that going? Really good. Um. What, what what can I say? Um, I'm just learning a lot about myself and how I operate. Okay. Let me ask you this question real quick. Not okay. to cut you off. So in therapy, when was your last breakdown and why? Breakdown. Um, it might have been like two or three months ago. And it was mm-hmm. just some anxiousness over money. It was just being, feeling like... I didn't have control over my finances and things were, you know, in dire straits, but I was just really caught up in this negative thinking and just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, irrational thinking and the kind of stuff that we talk about, because it goes away, it comes and it goes. And it was Mm -hmm. just like really irrational thoughts, like... You're not going to be able to pay this. Or you're not going to be able to pay that. Or you're not going to have enough money for this. And I think that you talk about it a lot where it's just like there's a plan in place and things are going to happen. And you don't you and, and a lot of it for me is the anxiousness where anxiousness is is trying to control things that happen in the future or regretting mm-hmm. things that happen in the past. So you're trying to predict things that happen in the future and you're looking and you're like, OK, well, I think I have enough money to get here. And then what happens is, is that when you get to that, when you eventually get to that point, what you thought you were going to have, you don't always have you. Sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less. But when you think that when I think I have less is when I really get caught up in feeling like the negative thoughts start coming into play. But what I realized is, is that like, give it time. Things always work themselves out eventually. And getting anxious, getting the negative thoughts, all those different things are just, they're not good for our brains. And the more that, right. we, the more that we do them, the more that our brains want us to keep doing them. Like the, the neuroplasticity, like your, the, the, exper- right. the experiences that you have, they, they form your brain and, and your brain starts doing things over and over again because of that. So you kind of have to break it. And that's what therapy does. Wow. Wow, that's good. That's good stuff. I know um, whenever I'm like um, get into an anxious mode for me, you know, I always remember Philippians 4 and 6. And it always says, be anxious for nothing but everything with prayer and supplication, making your requests known unto God. And so what I do is I take it to him. You know, I'm anxious about you know, am I going to be able to do this, Lord, or do that, Lord, or X, Y, and Z? You know, but I thank you, Father, that you've already taken care of it for me. And help me see it how you see it. And I leave it there. So that way, I take it out of my mind. I take it off my shoulders. And I remember that be anxious for nothing but with everything with prayer and supplication, making my request known. So that's just like for my boy. If I'm like, man, I really don't know something. 
and you know I've got a big meeting. Yeah, I could be anxious about it, but if I call my boy Aaron and make my request known unto him, he's going to give me peace. He can say, "Oh, I've been there, done that. Oh, you got to do this, man. Oh, you got this. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna call you after. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, just trying to get it out of that space because you know we ain't supposed to be you know in that anxiousness anyway. It's like you know it's already worked out. You know, this whole thing is a replay anyway. Well, so it's, 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 I, see. Uh, I think that sometimes before I get on the podcast with you, I get this nervousness and I get this anxiousness and it kind of gets alleviated once we start talking. And once, once I hear you talk and, you, and I hear you talk and we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like everything is all good, but there's still just this nervousness and anxiousness. Sometimes I was actually talking to my wife about this a couple weeks ago. Hmm. That's our timer right there. Oh, I like the bell, though. I like the bell. <laughs> we'll get... like, you know what we should implement? You got 30 seconds to finish your thought. Go ahead, good brother. <laughs> I was just talking to my wife uh, last week about recording the podcast and why that nervousness comes up. And I just was thinking about it before before we jumped on the call today is that it's like the only person that I'm doing this for is you. And the only person that you're really doing this for is me. Like if, if, and everyone else is, is listening in and everyone else is getting to hear what we're talking about. And if I, if I focus and I'm just like, man, it's just me and we'll talk and we're recording it. And I think about it like that. It really helps me just to, to stay more fluid and not to get all anxious and nervous about it. But With that being said, and since we hit our 30-minute time limit, this would be a great time to start talking about some of the constraints that we put around ourselves or some of the some of the things that we put in place to sort of help us be a little bit more consistent and intentional with the podcast. Mm-hmm. So so what are, what are some of those things, Will? Well, we talked about time management. Uh, we talked about being consistent. You know, uh, we know we got a lot to give, folks. And we're growing and we're learning at, at the same time. So, you know, just taking it one one day at a time, but just being consistent. I think 2020, you know, it's about writing your blueprint down, being consistent and relentless towards what you want to do and your time management. If you can manage your time, you know, you won't waste time on things that you shouldn't waste time on. And um, I'm sure we're going to discover more as we go. Because Aaron is like the structure man, so he gonna have us popping, so that we boom, 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 and we now. I just got an email, not an email, uh, Instagram from a young lady today saying, "Hey, we missed the Stonecutters podcast. We need more." And I said, "Listen, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming." So I'm just excited about the year and what's going to unfold. Outstanding. So with that, will um, just to sort of wrap it up. Um, the podcasts for 2020 are going to generally be about 30 minutes in length. And some of the things that me and Will have put together, uh, we'll talk a little bit about a blueprint. So um, what the, the plan that me and Will put together, we're actually going to talk about it on the next podcast. And we're actually going to talk about some of the framework and some of the stuff to sort of help us stay consistent and be a lot more intentional on, on just getting together and connecting. So mm-hmm. with that, Will... You want to say you want to? How do we end the podcast usually? Uh, well, I was going to say real quick, 
We're going to have more tangible things. We're going to have more giveaways. We're going to be giving away shoes. We're going to have some hats. You know, we're going to give things that people can actually practically do so that you can get to the next phase that you want to get to. So stay tuned. This is Will Catlett, Stone Cutters Podcast. And I'm with my boy, Aaron Hankins, and we are out.